Hello, welcome to the episode number eight of the second season of the Leadership Outlook podcast. This is the place where I talk about leadership and how to succeed as a leader in the digital working environment. I am Bruno Oliveira with Nader Harris, and today we'll talk about productivity. Hi, Nadia. It's been a while. Hi, Breno. It's been a while. We did have a short summer break, I would say, um, but everybody deserves it in order to be productive later on. Isn't that true? Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, I think that uh, well, a well-deserved break is very needed for everybody to keep the productivity high. And, you know, in this digital working environment, I think sometimes you can even merge a little bit of a break and working in different places to make sure that our productivity stays where it should be. Absolutely. Well, I think that, um, well, we've chosen this topic, productivity, because there is so much about it everywhere. And especially I've come across because of, you know, working with remote teams, hybrid teams, I've, I've come across this topic of productivity quite a lot, especially seeing reports um, with data informing whether the workforce was productive or wasn't productive and so on. And I've been observing it for quite a while and I have so many concerns about it from a leadership perspective. That's number one, but also from an operational perspective. And I think we should get to the roots first and really define... What do you define mean by operational? Operational, um, operational, I mean, how do we measure productivity? Because as a leader, that's going to be one thing, how to motivate the people, you know, to be more productive and how do we even define productive from a leadership perspective. But operational, meaning companies say, yes, the people are more productive. And I'm like, how do you know they're more productive? <laughs> oh, because we've how done surveys. How do you surveys. measure that, right? Yeah, how do you measure that? Oh, because we did surveys and they work more. I'm like, the fact that they work more doesn't mean that they're more productive, you know? And I, let me show you a case with you. I will share a case with you what happened a couple of months ago. I was participating in, um, in, a, in a report. I was, actually, I created the report, which was hundreds of, of, um, of people were interviewed, uh, interviewed about um, productivity in, in the workplace. And companies were reaching out to me and telling me something like this. Nadia, so uh, we see that in many other companies within our competitors, uh, productivity has gone up when people work from home. Um, and here in our company, it's been exactly the same as it was before. This is bad, right? And I said, well, it is not necessarily bad because look at it that way. If your team members were productive before the pandemic and before they were forced to work from home, and you had statistics that everything was going just well, going just was everything was fine. And then they were forced to work from home and they were still maintaining the same quality and productivity. That means that your environment at work was very stable. And for other companies where their people were, you know, um, being fired and felt really insecure, they um, had this habit, they've established this habit of working more, longer hours to prove, to show, yes, I'm really there, you know, to keep sending messages and, and being available all the time, checking their emails at midnight, you know, and that doesn't yeah, mean that they true. were more productive. This is dramatic and this is toxic. It was actually a sign of an unstable working environment. And so this is a paradox. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with productivity. What, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I agree, and uh, in parts, because actually I think that one, once you have a team that's performing very well, uh, it can reach a plateau that the, um, the improvements will be incremental, 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's hard to measure these uh, incremental improvements if you are talking about months period. It's more about years. Yeah. You know, uh, of course, when you are uh, building a new team, it's very easy. Very easily, you can measure how they start and how they are after one year. And then they say, wow, they improved their performance like 300%. But of, of course, they start from the scratch. Uh, I think this type of um, in-depth analysis is missing as well on these reports to make sure that how long is the team working together. Yeah. The longer they work together, uh, I think the harder it is to see uh, major improvements because they know how to work together, which is a good sign. Which is a good sign when you see, example, uh, football players or when you see volleyball players, they have mm -hmm. been playing together for a long time. And you see small improvements, small improvements, but across years, you see that uh, that makes sense. Yeah? But, but change the environment and if they keep performing well, it means that they are just a mature team. It doesn't mean that they are, uh, they are not doing well. Yeah? And then when you say, oh... Have a startup, and then uh, when when the pandemic hit, we decided to work from home. Everybody worked from home, and everybody's working better. Yeah, we don't know what would be the situation if they didn't. Exactly. They didn't have the pandemic, right? Because most probably they would also have the situation that they would improve their performance due to the maturity or lack of thereof within the team, yeah? and then later with time they get more experience together. I think this, this type of nuances are very important when we are analyzing performance and productivity. And uh, productivity in a, in a work in the digital work environment uh, is hard to measure, but, it, but I think it's possible to measure, right? Today you can even measure the happiness, right? We have the happiness index, which is like quite a quite solid index to show um, how people are happy and um, how they are doing with their lives and so on and so forth. So I would say that, um, yeah, uh, productivity can be measured, but uh, in order to measure this, you need to, to know the team, to know your team, to know how, to, uh, how they perform together now, to understand what is the roadmap of their performance in the long and uh, in, in mid and uh, I would say short, mid and long term. And then later, how can we measure this against what they are delivering now? I think this type of... Uh, of, um, <laughs> comparisons are the best yeah, yeah, yeah. this is really mature I mean <clears throat> pretty much what, what you've said you can summarize it as it's the ratio between the output and the input also obviously with the whole road map how we get there which is the most important aspect but again here we go back to goals that um, and it's very at the same time funny but funny in a really <laughs> negative way, it's concerning that many people don't know what their goals are. And that's the reason why they lose the purpose. And then they feel like, oh, I have to do this again. Because they don't see the end goal. They don't see long term what it leads to. They may not feel rewarded in the end because they are just, you know, clogging in, clogging out and working empty hours. And this is one very big problem. But but this is from a management perspective, what we've just touched. But I would also like to talk about productivity, you know, from a personal perspective, meaning that there are now so many materials, podcasts and everything, and time management techniques. I teach time management techniques, right? But I don't think that time management has a lot to do with productivity. Yes, it does. But I don't think that productivity is time management. And I would like to stress one really important thing that there are so many materials out there now saying how to be productive, how can we be more productive, or this crazy 
idea that successful people wake up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't really believe in it. I think it's completely ridiculous to even say things like that, you know, and then you have these habits of millionaires of productivity and, and you see everything like stuff like that online and people buy this and they i want to be successful i want to be productive it's ridiculous for me and i think it really shouldn't be that way because everything that we read about it tells us how to be a robot how to squeeze more things into our workday but we are human beings and i think that when during the day we need a break and we literally want to do nothing. It doesn't mean that we are not productive, but it means that our body and our mind needs it to get back on track. What do you think? Well, yeah, on, on, on the senior point of view, what I would say is that um, productivity is connected very much not with time, in my opinion, what is to be really productive, but with um, what you want to achieve, right? So a productivity uh, measures should be goal-oriented. Yeah? What you want to do, what you want to achieve. Because for some people, it's just to reach eight hours a day of work <laughs> and have a job. So they are being productive. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and for some other companies, it's about uh, releasing more, let's say, more features to production or uh, being more creative with the output, output of their work. Um, this type of things. So I'd say that Productivity is very much uh, should be very much goal oriented, and once you measure uh, these goals and see okay, what did they do today in order to achieve the goal that I have, and then the right questions will start to arise. Yeah? So uh, such as why am I doing this? What's the business goal? What's the impact of me doing this? How can I contribute to the big picture? And then you see a productive teams, right? Example, I would say that uh, think of Tesla company. Yeah, why Elon Musk is like so addicted to uh, productivity? Yeah, because they uh, because he knows that every single individual individual in the company contributes to this dream that he has. Yeah, although he is the one, he's the visionary, who mm. who has the vision, he cannot do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he could, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he would do alone. So he needs, uh, he needs to have uh, productive people around. And then sharing these goals, sharing the vision, and driving them through that. I think this is, this is how we in the 21st century should uh, look at uh, productivity, not only about hours. Yeah? Because I, I could tell you that sometimes I spend 15 hours working and it's not worth uh, four of uh, four hours of a really productive day, yeah? And, and how, how do you measure this? Yeah? How, with your experience, Nadia, how do you think this is the best way to measure uh, productivity and say, okay, my team is, is being productive or no, my team is not so productive, yeah? Should you trust in mm. that feeling? I mean, I think definitely the way that we should not go, and this is to everybody who's listening because I've heard this a lot, is squeezing tasks into our calendar. Okay, <laughs> that happens really a lot, okay? And then I see this in some companies that by the end of the day, they do these reports. What have I done today? Oh, I attended so many meetings. I did this and that. But the truth is that the majority of those meetings was not even productive. I was not even a stakeholder to be there. Um, why did, and, then I, and then, then I say, why did you go there? Why did you attend this meeting, this remote meeting? And they're like, yeah, 
because my manager told me that I'm more than welcome. And I said, what does it mean more than welcome? More than welcome means I expect you to be there because the decision influences your work or you are an opinion maker and you should join or for any other reason. Oh no, you, he can just hear, she can just, you know, listen because it may be something that is important for them. What does it mean? So, well, in order to measure productivity, I think I would go back to everything that you really said, um, the roadmap, the way the team worked before to identify the key features of how our team worked before, what the goals were, how they were delivered. And then now when we see the change of circumstances, then have something to compare it to. Okay, so now during the crisis, mm -hmm. many companies during the crisis said, and when I asked them, do you do your workplace surveys or satisfaction surveys, whatever, I know satisfaction and productivity. Well, may maybe it's still a close thing, but anyway, they told me that during the pandemic, they stopped measuring these. And I said, why? Oh, because the circumstances are unusual. <laughs> I said, well, when you have unusual circumstances, this is when you should measure, you know? That's true, that's true. So I think it's yeah. all that you said, the roadmap, the, the output, the input, all this that we need, the roadmap, the way we work as a team and everything, every team will have um, their own features, but also put this all against goals that we have and some guidelines in terms of our business performance, because this is really important. So I think three angles, the company should really look for their, um, I would say most important factors, what they're willing to achieve, how the people should work and what the KPIs for the company should be. Then we should mm -hmm. go to um, the level of the whole team and, and leadership and management. So everything that is very personal, what you've just said, the way we work, our habits and everything. And then the third angle should be individual. How I feel individually. Is it easy? Is it tough? Mm -hmm. What are my habits? Can I adapt to this environment? It's not an easy thing to perform, but definitely a ridiculous survey where people say that, oh, you know, I've, I, I've been productive, you. yes, because I've worked until midnight and my manager sees me constantly green here, you know, in our communication app. I'm trying to prove that I'm at work because you don't see me. It has absolutely zero to do with productivity and don't even go that way unless you really want to face burnout, then congratulations. <laughs> That's yeah. not my recommendation. I want, to, um, I want to get back to you on, on one thing that you commented. You said about uh, attending meetings and um, not being productive there, right? Uh, not being, I mean, not participating in the meeting, but just uh, logging in the meeting and uh, having this in the background, have no idea what people are discussing about. Um, isn't it also something that we should empower as leaders, our um, our people to say, look, if you feel that you are not needed in the meeting, decline. If you feel that you are uh, wasting your time, leave the meeting. You don't need to be rude. You don't need to um, to be angry. Just say, I think I can use my time. Uh, I can use the best of my time somewhere else. I think I should come back to my uh, work-related activities. Because I think it's also, um, this is one of the topics for our next episode, the power of uh, saying no in the right moment. Yeah? Isn't it uh, something important to, to say no when you feel that oh, my manager, he asked me or she asked me to, to come to this meeting, but uh, I don't feel that it is very useful for me. And maybe challenge it back and say, look, uh, I don't feel that I will be uh, useful there. What mm -hmm. are your thoughts around that? 
which oh, VX also really yeah, is. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've discussed that also a lot. I had this discussion many times during the past few months. I absolutely agree with you that it's the role of leadership to really foster open communication. And there is not supposed to be the subordinates that I tell you you're more than welcome or I send you an invite and you follow. And then it turns out that we have 15, 20 people on the meeting, you know, attending the meeting and they shouldn't, they shouldn't even be there. This is completely ridiculous. Um, so I think it is definitely what you said, encouraging people. But the other story is how to ensure that our remote meetings or hybrid meetings, every meeting actually, that it's productive. You know, things like if somebody is a stakeholder in any way, then the question is, um, if there is just 10 or 15 minutes of the meeting that is that takes 90 minutes, which involves that person, if we have a really clearly defined agenda, if we have a tool in terms of our project management where we have really structured notes and we have all the materials that are being discussed, shared together with all the content commented on, then it's really not necessary. And we can do this asynchronously, right? So, um, the majority, this is one thing. And the other thing is that what I observe, and this is actually very dangerous, especially in fresh, flexible teams. If you don't have a meeting scheduled in your calendar during the day, that means you're free. And this is a big problem. So if your calendar is free, oh, I'm just going to schedule the meeting because you're free. But the truth is that if we are attending a meeting, it doesn't mean that only then we are working. What about the rest? So, and, and this is really ridiculous because we think that, oh, he's not doing anything or she's not doing anything. I can just schedule whatever. I just send you an invite. But the truth is we have tons of operational work to do. And then if we as leadership don't encourage actions like you've just said and sharing our opinions about, hello, do I really need to be there because I have this project that I have to deliver by the end of the day? Would be amazing if I could, you know, finish work at five as I was supposed to. But if I attend this meeting, well, I'm going to work until eight. There is no work-life balance. So it should be encouraged. Um, well, it's not even only about meetings, but in a digital working environment, open communication and really pushing the people to speak up, it's absolutely crucial. There is no subordinates like, I'm your manager, I tell you what to do. It's leading the people and making them act and think and, and show their initiative. Mm-hmm. Let me go a little bit uh, on the other direction, right? Mm-hmm. Let's play um, this way. I know that there's no perfect number, but based on your experience, what's the perfect number for a meeting, number of participants, maximum, that you can have to have a productive meeting? I would say that in my it depends what kind of meeting but for me mm-hmm. the general rule would be if i can see everybody on my screen mm-hmm. oh okay so <laughs> six nine right maybe yeah true <laughs> okay okay i see i would say that um, to be really productive it depends on the length of the meeting yeah, yeah? and also the type of the meeting right it yeah you know if it's a town hall or if, if it's an all hands and we have 60 or 200 people attending, you know, as active, lis- as passive, well, as listeners, not active, passive, yeah. forget that, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Uh, as listeners, yeah. then that's a different story. But if we have don't know about active, active, active participants, uh, oh, I would yeah, say a few people, honestly, just a few people. If there is one person 
who is not actively participating, then this person should be there for all the ones who may be stakeholders, but not active mm -hmm. attendees. And it should be this person's job to capture the essence. I know that there is also this ridiculous software online that captures everything that you say. And then you get this, you get notes based on that, which is ridiculous because <laughs> then you, yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> IT security says it's no, it's no good, right? <laughs> it's not even about, you know, obviously IT security is number one because they capture all the sensitive data that you may be speaking about. But then imagine yeah. you're getting 70 pages of, uh, uh-huh yeah you know it's, it's just completely silly you know that's just exactly what we don't need yeah we don't need that definitely i would say that my magic my magic number is some yeah i would, I would go with this chrome guideline like nine yeah. nine tops nine tops because i think more than nine uh we need to have people mediating the uh the meeting so they will really not participate but they will say oh yes you can speak well, oh, is there any question? And then we have people like the motivators, the ones that are motivating people to speak, the listeners and the active participants. Yeah. So we, we divide the meeting in three different groups. And I don't like this type of uh, division because it's usually, um, it, you, you usually try to compare people in this way, right? Uh, so say, oh, the active participants, they are the greatest ones yeah. so the listeners they are oh you know they're not good ones and then the ones who are mediating oh they are the leaders but actually they're just mediating meetings True. Yeah? and <laughs> yeah I, I believe that nine would be um it'd be the number that i would choose in this case yeah but again it depends you know on the context when i have like, workshops then i say usually at most 12 or 15 is worst case scenario to put the people in breakout rooms and again to be a moderator facilitator and everything to make sure that mm -hmm. they're productive but well if it's a personal, you know, uh, guest, then I would say probably we're really close to one another because I said I want to see everybody on my screen, which is more or less the size of nine <laughs> that fits yeah, in, yeah, right? So that was true. Okay, so wrapping up productivity, how not to measure it, just to sum up, how shouldn't you measure productivity so that everybody, you know, keeps that in mind? how you should not measure productivity. What are the major takeaways? Well, um, I think by impression, I think that's the first thing. Um, if you feel or if you see that someone is working, it doesn't mean that someone is really working. Or so that somebody is productive, say, right? Yeah, or, or if, if someone is really productive, I think uh, we should not measure productivity by um, time only. I'm not saying that not measure by time, but, but of course, not only by time. I would say it's more like uh, outcome plus time, yeah? Because how long does it take for you to complete this outcome here? Yeah, mm -hmm. Then it's okay to use time. Um, but, but if you say only by time, so let's say someone is working eight hours, someone logs in at seven and finishes at four, five, six, so this person is, uh, is productive, uh, I wouldn't say we should do this. Um, again, um, we should not measure productivity by the, the amount of meetings we have. Mm. That's definitely not the case, yeah? because I, I would say it's more of, a, uh, of the other way around. The more meetings we have, the less productive you are. Oh, that's a golden the... rule here. I, I'd love, you know, I would, I, I would make it a quote, you know, and put it on my wall. 
The more meetings yeah. you have, the less productive you are. Amen. That's all e- I want to say. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, definitely. And the third one would be, um, yeah, we should not, uh, we should not track one day. Yeah, productivity is not about one day. Mm-hmm. Oh, one day he came here and he invented the, the new wheel. Yeah, and that's why he's productive. No, productivity is something uh, that goes across time. It's like a career goal. To be productive, yeah, it's, it, I would say it's um, similar to being fit. You're not fit one day. Yeah, you are fit for a period of time. That that's the result of something that you have done for an extended period of time. Yeah, Absolutely. and I think that's it. Yeah, you 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 are uh, you should not measure productivity by um, by let's say one event only. It's like more of um, consecutive events happening, and then how uh, the outcome turns out. By a, by a single individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my <clears throat> few cents in the end, and if you are tired or if you feel like you want to lay down or you can't take it anymore, then don't buy another book on how to be a billionaire and improve productivity. But listen to the fact that maybe you are just super tired, exhausted, and you really need a break in order to be productive. Because we're human beings, not machines. And I know I'm saying this, I used to be a workaholic in the past. Yes, and I say this openly to everybody. Because um, I think that if you've been through something, then you have the authority to share <laughs> what is right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do that. It's no good. It serves absolutely no purpose. So being productive means being smart. And we are in the digital working era. We're talking about smart working. So next time we will be um, yeah, recording a new episode about saying no, Breno. You've already mentioned that. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a good catch. And I, I believe that we have a very good... Um, guest speaker to come uh, to our podcast and I'm very excited to have this person here amazing stay tuned thank you so much thanks guys bye bye